Welcome to Code Splitters Podcast. I'm Paul. I'm Mikkel. And I'm Kevin. For this first episode, I've figured out that we uh, we want to do some introductions here. Um, so let's start by hearing who is uh, who's Mikkel Rom and what does he do? Yeah. So uh, yeah, Mikkel Rom is uh, is me. Hello. <laughs> I uh, my background is uh, I started as a, a backend developer back in the days. Uh, my education is backend wise and uh, software. Uh, so I have been like uh, in the software industry for around sixteen years, I think, and doing uh, web related stuff for around fourteen years. And uh, the reason the five years so i think it has been mostly around uh, front end so i i transitioned into a full stack uh, position and then i moved on onto a full time front end now so i'm really happy about that so uh, my area of interests is sort of around uh, within the front end uh, area of course but it's uh, around performance i really like that uh, also design systems i'm very fond of um, and also all things css and all things uh, javascript i'm not really i don't have one thing that i only do i'm i'm quite uh, broad actually um, so i have experience with the uh, angular js and view and stencil and angular and uh, all sorts of stuff um, i also have a, a wife and uh, two girls on four and seven years old. So, uh, yeah, good times. What about you, uh, Kevin? Good stuff. Hello, my name is Kevin. Um, I'm originally from Belgium, but been living in Denmark since uh, 2012, I think it is. Um, I have a background in multimedia design um, and uh, specialty in web development um, and I've been working in the field for around five years now I think it is um, and I'm also very broadly interested in front-end web development in general um, and if I have to point out some uh, focus areas for me would probably be uh, Vue.js mainly uh, recently stencil as well uh, been using that in quite a lot of projects um, and then I'm also uh, very much interested in uh, utility first CSS if we're talking about the styling part of things um, and also a really big fan of design systems etc um, and when I'm not coding I am usually either playing video games or uh, doing something with music, uh, play guitar myself as well. Um, and I've gone recently a little bit into photography as well. So um, everything's kind of techy when it comes to <laughs> my interests. Um, so yeah, what about you, Paul? Right, yeah, I have a background uh, a bit like uh, Mikkels here. So I used to be a full-stack developer um, for a couple of years um, before I found out that front-end development is a lot more fun, a lot more focused, and and I really like JavaScript. So so this is where I this is what I work with now. 
I've been involved in enterprise uh, Angular development for the last three years. So even though I also like the broader aspect of uh, web development, I've been very involved in web components. Um, but my like main focus area has been Angular and this enterprise bit here, um, which is quite fun. Uh, but I still dabble in, in other frameworks uh, and, and see what, what comes of it. I spend a lot of time on Twitter, maybe too much. Um, besides that, uh, I think... In my spare time, uh, like Kevin, I, I I play some games and I spend time with my family. I have two boys, um, so that's a lot of fun. There's uh, there's a lot of screaming. There's, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's that's uh, that's it for me here. Um, it was nice going around the introductions here, um, just to to let you you listeners know here who we are. Um, we all work together in a, in a in an agency in Aarhus, Denmark. Um, and we work in this in these like cross-functional teams where we have backenders, frontenders, designers, and and UX people. Um, so there's a lot of uh, what you call it cross-skill um, uh, groups here. So so that's a pretty fun uh, working environment. Cool. So today, um, since we decided to name the podcast the Goat Splitters podcast, we thought it would be a very good idea to start with a topic of goat splitting as well. Um, so maybe a little short introduction about the podcast itself. All three of us, uh, as Paul mentioned, we work together in the same at the same company in the same office, and uh, at some point we found out that we all three of us enjoy listening to web development podcasts, maybe also other podcasts, but I think mainly web development related. Um, so that shared interest kind of became a little project. Um, and now we're trying to uh, to get it kind of structured out. Um, so that's what you're hearing right now. <laughs> and I think our plan is uh, in the beginning, we'll try to do uh, monthly episodes and then maybe down the line we can change up the schedule if we we see um that would make sense um and topic wise uh will be we're all three front-end developers so it'll be very front-end focused um uh, everything related to javascript css uh, performance accessibility frameworks tools etc uh, good practices um and a lot of it will hopefully also be backed up by some of our experiences in the real world working with real real clients um, that we've uh, we've worked with um, so today we'd like to start with um, the code splitting topic itself um, we'll talk a little bit about what it is um, why you should use it uh, and hopefully we can uh, throw in some best practices um, as well and some some experience with experiences we have had with it before. Mikkel, um, do you maybe want to start giving a little introduction to what code splitting is and your basic experiences with it and why you think it's such an important topic to start out with? Yeah, sure thing. So maybe let's take it back a few years. Um, so. Back in the days where we used jQuery a lot and uh, everyone was just uh, like adding a lot of jQuery plugins maybe and doing uh, maybe a bit of different development back then than we do now these days. Uh, a lot of it is similar of course but 
So back in the days, we usually had a single main JS file or a app.js file on our site that contains all the JavaScript for the entire site for all pages and all components and all that. Um, so, and that was fine. Uh, but things have changed a little bit since that we are, we now have NPM and we have Node and we have a lot of NPM modules maybe adding up. Uh, so it's maybe not a good idea anymore to have every, like all the code loaded on all pages uh, for every single, every single component. So, and this is why uh, code splitting is a good idea because that will, and it's the code splitting concept is not new at all. Uh, I have done code splitting uh, many years ago, like in a very manual sense uh, before NPM and all that. But the the concept is still the same. Like you, you only load the code that, or like the JavaScript code that you will need for the page that you are actually uh, seeing. So you don't need you don't load uh, unnecessary code. Uh, that's the main point of it. Um, so and why would you do that? Well, it, because it will enhance your performance, uh, especially on on a mobile phone that has a slow CPU and not a lot of uh, RAM. That will enhance your experience a lot by not loading unnecessary code. Um, and especially when talking about JavaScript frameworks these days, uh, React and Angular and, and Vue and so on. So it all adds up and we need to, to keep it small and keep it simple. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And you mentioned like like a few years back, and as you say, code splitting has been there for a long time, but the main thing here is that back then it wasn't as automated as it is today right we have we have bundlers we have the cli tools the frameworks have a lot of things built in now right to to help us handle these code splitting things uh because it can happen on many levels of course um but as you say initially back then it was very easy to just you know throw in another jquery plugin because you know who cared about performance and i think the gist of it is that performance is a lot more um, a lot more important now, um, and there are a multitude of, of of like reasons for 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 this as well, right? But but as you mentioned, the frameworks, a lot of people are making things that I would um, categorize much more as applications rather than websites, right? Where where you're building a, a real application that has like domain models, etc., right in the front end, and that does require a lot of code. So we have put more code into the browser, which is also, at least from my point of view, um, the, where this code splitting need nowadays stems from. Um, and there's a you know there's also some some gotchas here. Like there, of course, you can do some some premature optimizations, right? It, I think you need to step back and say. What am I building, right? If you're just building a, like a very static website, maybe you don't need JavaScript at all. That's that's one thing. Um, but there's a lot of lot of things you need to to be aware of when you start out. It could be like which framework are you using? Like what is the initial bundle size of the framework as well, right? Does it come with all things attached? Do I need this like client side router? Do I need this? HTTP library uh, that the framework comes bundled with, um, and then there's of course all the third-party stuff. Like, right, you know, how much can I handle 
like writing my own code. Uh, and of course, there are a lot of things here, right? There's time constraints, etc. And why rebuild something others have built. But but you need to still be aware of, you know, you could include a third party uh, component, even in, in today's frameworks that still rely on old jQuery code. And you need to be aware of that, right? Because you pull in a lot of code you might not need anymore. Also because the browsers can do a lot of this natively already. Um, and yeah, there's something about compression as well and 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 other things like that but i i figured i'd pass on the torch a little here and uh because i haven't worked as much with these performance things uh, as maybe you Miguel, or or you kevin yeah i think our um it's a good point i think because your i think your experience uh, at least within the company uh is very different from mine and probably Mikkel's as well um, because we're, we're not going to go too deep into that now but you're mainly working with an SPA Angular setup which has a lot of tools to help you with this I'm sure. I'm not that experienced in Angular but I can imagine it has a lot of uh, built-in tools to help you with code splitting uh, whereas me and I think Mikkel as well a lot of the projects we work on or used to work on are more um, static websites uh, backed up by a, a CMS, for example, which makes the whole code splitting uh, technique very, very different um, from from the SBA way of doing things. Um, so, and also because we we work with uh, you know real or everyone works with real clients, I guess, but we work with uh, since we're. Um, um, we run clients' budgets, right? So, so a lot of the time, it's it's kind of hard to also sell in these performance optimizations and getting the time to do stuff like this. Um, so, a lot of the time, um, it's nice to have some general strategies on on how to on how to do it. And and for me personally, I usually like to think um, in terms of like pages or features uh, if you're talking about a cms that's kind of static most of the time um i like to think on of like what what's the user journey here and and which pages are we are we loading initially uh, and which page are we loading currently and and what do we need for that what css do we need what js do we need which external packages do we need uh, etc for the for the user to go go through that journey or go to that page um so yeah i think um you you've probably had similar experiences mickle with more like this kind of static i like to call it cms kind of websites yeah yeah indeed uh, and i just want to mention that you 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 have a good point about like making like the the timing for when to optimize something is really important right because you sometimes you, there's no budget for like the the client doesn't want to pay for performance they want to pay for a cheap not not a cheap but like a, a website and, and they want to get it uh, fast um, so when, when to optimize uh, when is the right time right because sometimes we get like a small budget for just a mvp project like a minimum viable product uh, so and then maybe the performance is not the highest priority at that point in time but then maybe it goes really well and it becomes a success and then the product maybe grows out of that mvp state but then 
it's still hard to say like okay when is a good time to optimize and i think it also depends when does it become a problem and do you know when it becomes a problem do you monitor the users enough to 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 be able to know um so yeah that, that's a lot of things about performance monitoring uh, that we could go into uh, maybe not today but another time um but yeah there are so many things things to talk about but uh, yeah you, you mentioned the the cms part which is also uh, quite interesting um so the one of the challenges when working with a cms is that maybe like in in, in many cases we have we build the, the page very generic and very flexible so that the editor can can that they just get a, a lot of components and then they can actually put in those components on every page that they want to to do right so and that's uh, really great uh, but it's not maybe as great for performance because then on every page we will need to load the code for every component uh, so we can't really say on this page the editor chose to have these components so we'll only load the code for those uh, or you can but it's really hard uh, to do in, in a generic setup like that it will require a lot of different uh, builds uh, for the front end code so that's really not in many cases it's not an option so another thing i think uh, like that can come up here and that is especially looking back in time as well like the reason we usually did the one bundle of javascript or just a few was the notion that you only had so many connections in the browser right on the http protocol to send back and forth and i think now that we have http2 where again that is not a concern anymore we can you know throw back uh, a lot of requests and it doesn't really matter too much i think that is a very key thing in code splitting as well that alongside with and and there's a downside to that too which is the compression part right because you usually compress a file better if it's bigger or then you know there's more to save so there's also sort of a balance there like how 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 much do we split up not that i think at least from my experience with what i've used that it matters too much but I know, and again, this is coming from the Angular world, where it's built on, upon Webpack, uh, the Webpack bundler, right? And there is uh, the option of saying, like, do you want this vendor chunk or do you just want the vendor chunk to be part of your main bond, uh, bundle because then it compresses better? And that is, you know, that's an option they give you, like, do you want this or that? And that's where you're like, okay, that really depends. I think it's a really hard choice to make. But but what I'm saying is just that even in code splitting here, like, we have gotten things in a browser that helps us a lot, but there's still things we as developers need to manually think about and, and you know, choices to make. Yeah, I think also it, it depends on, you, you You can't really say this is better than the other. You will have to test it out because it depends on the content of the files in many cases. So, yeah, it, it's hard to say that there's one one good choice. Yeah, that is true. And I think another key thing that I, not that we forgot to mention it, but I'll mention it now, is the fact that, you know, like search engine engine optimization actually plays a big role in this, right? With the way Google indexes things now, like especially if it's a mobile page, like the like the rendering time, et cetera, actually plays a large role in how they get ranked as far as I know. I'm not an expert on this field, but this is some of the things that we've been told, right? You know, like if the site performs incredibly poorly, it's also gonna, you know, it's also gonna 
be poorly placed uh, in the results on on search engines. Uh, so so there's and that's I guess is the easier one to sell into clients, right? Because depending on the product they have, they do really want a good ranking on there. So so I think that helps us a lot. That's why we love our SEO experts as well. Yeah. Um, and to come back for, for a minute on the um, goal-splitting like strategy kind of thing, um, I think you had some really good points, Mikkel, as in sometimes it's really difficult when you're starting up a project uh, to say, should we think about code splitting now? Should we wait until it becomes a problem? Um, I think as a general uh, tip, maybe I would uh, personally suggest um, at least give it some thought in the beginning of a project. Um, you're probably not going to have a lot of, of budget for it if you're dealing with clients or or um, probably don't have the, the time to to take a like a broad look on it um because there's a lot of things to consider when you start a new project of course um but maybe give it a little bit of thought like if 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 it if the bundle size has become a problem um what can we we do about it down the line um so you're not suddenly i think uh, we've had experience with with a project at the office that uh where code splitting is also a project has been going for multiple years but where code splitting wasn't really a thing and wasn't really thought about and then after a couple of years of working on a project when you suddenly have to introduce it it could become a huge huge task um to do so um so yeah maybe when you start out a project uh just consider uh if this becomes an issue down the line what can we do about it and maybe make some initial uh uh have some initial setup in your architecture to maybe support it down the line if if you need to um but um i'd I'd like to hear you two's thoughts as well on kind of the the strategy of code splitting itself um how do you usually think about code splitting and and look at your code and say this makes sense to have together and this makes sense to have separately etc um what do you guys think about that well, I think <laughs> I think that uh, generally it's 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 a balance, right? Because you around strategies for performance, because it, it's especially in, a, in the beginning of a project. Because if you have if you want to make it really fast, but I don't have a lot of project uh, like a budget, then it's 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 a balance between doing something that is, might not be needed in the beginning at least and, and doing like uh, premature optimizations and maybe wasting clients uh, money uh, so it, it's really hard to do but but i think in in general a, a good rule of thumb is could be to to at least run a lighthouse test or something before launching or before getting it tested so uh, that would at least call uh, catch a lot of uh, performance errors very good point uh, I think me coming from the more, uh, as you said, SPA part of web development here, because what I've been building the last few years has been a single page application. Um, and in strategies here, right? Because I knew from the start, a single page application, we're going to have, you, we're going to have the whole routing experience on the client side, right? That means that, you know, if you have a profile page, you sort of need to have that JavaScript there, right? To route to it. And that is where, I think some of the frameworks here actually help us out a lot. And I think all the frameworks have this, all the popular ones here, is that you can dynamically import components 
um, you know, using yeah dynamic imports uh, to to sort of lazy load these components for when you need them. Like maybe there's yeah it, the user profile is probably a good example, right? Usually when a user goes into your website, the user profile might not be the first thing they actually enter. It might be a thing they actually rarely use. So you might hide that behind you know like a code split lazy loading it here um, so that you only load it once you need it and as for the should I think about this or do this from the start of a project I think at least for me coming in this Angular thing here is that they have it built into the router that's where Angular had it at first and sort of also the only place they had it the other frameworks were much more versatile in this um, but that meant that you could convert a route like a sub route say you had again the profile page here and you could go in and say okay this is supposed to be a lazy route and you would just define it a little differently like low children and it would be uh, the webpack thing behind all the magic there would make it into a lazy chunk and it would only load it once you hit that route then they had strategies for like do you want to just load them in the background then when people are not doing anything so it was ready for people when they actually clicked it. and that's another part of the strategy right because one thing is code splitting the other thing is when do you then load the code you need right uh, some cases you can get away with only loading it when you need it and just so show a loading spinner or whatever depending on what kind of content you're working with but in other cases and i know a lot of the static site generators do this right where if you load a page it'll give you that page statically and then it will in the background maybe load the other pages or if you hover the link and i think this is really smart right if you hover the link to the other page it'll actually start loading it in the background um so that when you do the click the javascript is there and it's loaded um so so that is i guess coming from the spa thing here is that that's where i've primarily done it Another case, and I think it's also sort of a case that fits together with the SPA thing here, like we have a dashboard and on a dashboard we have widgets. But maybe the customer doesn't have, um, you know, uh, these two services active that has a widget attached to them. But then do you keep that widget um, code somewhere, right? Usually you would have it as part of the dashboard, you would import it. Um, what we did was we lazy loaded them, right? We did these dynamic components. So the actual code for these widgets is only loaded if the user has these services active on their account right um, to sort of save the initial load because the dashboard is the first page you enter so it makes sense to not load too much up front there so at least in angular world that has been a strategy to to sort of um, split your bundles by routes um, then with newer rendering engine, et cetera, you can do like you've been able to do in React for a long time is to, um, you know, load components in lazily or dialogues or whatever, stuff like that as well. Yeah, very, very interesting to to hear from the, the Angular side of things. Um, and um, it's kind of funny because uh, while you were talking about that, I started thinking, uh, so my main... Uh, framework experience uh i would say is in view um and although um i've been working on a lot of uh, static websites as i mentioned uh, instead of uh, the sba side of things um it, it i do kind of take uh um take the strategies from the SBAs and kind of try to convert it to <laughs> the things I work with in some way. Um, <clears throat> so I also like to think a static page of a CMS 
try to think on right route or feature level and like what do I need here uh, if you have like a, a general um, example could be like a web shop um, if you load like the cart page then maybe I want to load everything related to the cart and maybe the checkout as well depending on how how large that is because that's kind of the user journey um, that hopefully will happen <laughs> down the line um, so yeah it's it's interesting to to kind of uh, you, you can work with very different architectured um, websites but in the end I guess the idea kind of comes back to the same the same thing in the end um, and I think maybe also another interesting thing to talk about because code splitting initially when you talk about especially when it comes to these frameworks and stuff you think a lot in javascript terms um, and depending on how you do your css um, if you're using these these modern uh, spa frameworks and you use their kind of built-in scope styles then it's kind of uh, linked together but if you work on a more static side or you have a css setup that is more uh, general across the side or you build that separately from your javascript components then that's that becomes kind of a topic as well do we do we think about code splitting the css as well do you think it makes sense um and uh i know uh Mikkel has definitely uh played around a lot with it i think on on some projects um so i'd really like to hear hear your uh angle on this on the like the css side of things and how you think about that yeah it's uh i think it's an interesting uh topic within the subtopic <laughs> it's a sub subtopic uh, almost so i think uh like when when talking about code splitting and css uh, it's it's uh it's hard to not talk about critical css i think uh because and and if if we should just real quick talk about what is critical css uh that is actually also kind of code splitting but it's like code splitting uh from the code splitting and inlining into the the head of the html page so so that the the browser doesn't need to make a request for a, for an external css file for before being able to render so 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 that it gets a, a style tag in the head with a, with some css it gets that with the html file uh, so we can start render uh, uh, faster. So, uh, and that's that's. I think that that's the most important thing about uh, code splitting and, and CSS. Uh, but then, of course, you can also do do code splitting. Uh, so, like on a, on a feature level or on a, or a page level, so that you have a just as you have on your JavaScript side, like a, a file for each page or feature or component or depends on how granular you want to to do it but uh, but yeah and and i have experience with uh, like doing because we're using webpack uh, on a project at least uh, or, or many projects then webpack can do all this because then then it's actually in your javascript files that, that you're importing css files uh, and then it can can do all the work for you um, and also stuff related to the critical CSS. So there, there, there are many tools for doing the critical CSS, and uh, I haven't tried all of them. 
uh, I have only done it like this, uh, where we have to do it, doing it in a very manual kind of way. So it also takes a lot of work, but it also gives you a lot of control. So, uh, and I like control. <laughs> That's. I just have one more thing that I would like to mention, and it's around uh, ES6 modules. And I think, uh, so today when doing module, like a modern web development, um, it's uh, it's hard to not mention uh, ES6 modules because there are, there are projects uh, doing like uh, Pika package, I think it's called, or Snowpack, um, doing like this uh, modern like ES6 modules only kind of uh, modules or packages. <clears throat> so and that also that's that's kind of interesting when talking about code splitting uh, because then it's not like then you take the bundler away sort of uh, or you could do it uh, um, so so you have like one one entry file that is loaded by the browser and then the browser actually loads uh, the other files that the that the entry file uh, imports so it's all native and built in <clears throat> so and that's like the one side of the spectrum of code splitting like like where, where you split everything into tiny modules and on the other side of the spectrum it's like one big chunk of uh, javascript in one file so i think that's that was just important to to also mention that that can also be done uh, it has uh, it has some other benefits um but but also as you mentioned paul uh, the compression benefits is not when when you split files out uh, and don't bundle anything and you have tiny files then you don't get uh, that much compression benefits but you still if you have http2 you can uh, load a lot of files in uh, uh, in parallel so that's that's also nice but again i think it's hard to say this is wrong and this is good you'll need to like it's case by case and you'll need to test it out to see what works yeah it's a really good point i think as a, a general uh slowly starting to maybe wrap up the episode and and uh if i think if we can give any any more tips is that ghost splitting is of course uh, uh really good <laughs> um and and it's a it's a good thing to consider um but i think yeah, very important thing, as Mikkel mentioned, is just measure your performance regularly. Uh, especially if you have a new project before you put something on production, just run it through, yeah, for example, Lighthouse or web, uh, web page test or something, uh, and just see if there's any issues related to, to your bundle size and if you should start thinking about code splitting and stuff like that. So that could be a good metric to decide when should we start thinking about these things. Uh, also, as we mentioned before, <clears throat> around uh, SEO, uh, Google is watching these uh, performance scores and the uh, web vitals, the core web vitals. They are included in the Lighthouse score, so it's uh, it's becoming more and more uh, important to have a good performance, also bo both for mobile and for SEO and yeah, the experience in general. So, yeah, that that's a, yeah, that's a very good point that. Uh, Premature optimizations hurt every part of development in one point or another. And as we work with clients, it also depends a lot on budget, right? You know, um, and I think a personal thing for me here is that also use the tools intelligently that 
provide you a lot of benefit without too much hassle. And by that, I mean these like, okay, so if the framework can lazy load your routes, then maybe just use that if it's rather seamless for you to do that. These are some of the like the big wins you can get by not doing a lot. Um, and I think a last thing here I wanted to touch up upon was this whole CMS and editors and the way they can put in content on the web page, right? You know, you have to sort of build components. It's not like they can, depending on the CMS, I guess, just put in whatever they want and load third-party scripts and stuff like that. You usually strip that out in a, in a what you see is what you get editor. Um, but I wanted to have like an honorable mention of things like web components and stencil here due to the way web components initialize on the page right is that if you have defined you know like the custom element then uh, as soon as that tag is on the page it will initialize um, and I think this is where at least from the things I've tried with stencil that it really fits this whole CMS thing because initially stencil loads a very very small file uh, like a few kilobytes I think even maybe less depending on how many components you have that register all the components and then once it finds that component tag on the page you know like once it loads it it'll actually load the component code there so that is a really big win in a CMS situation where the editor can put in a lot of things in whatever they want to put on the page and then the web component will automatically oh, okay you know I'm on the page it'll load and it will initialize and I think that's just a perfect fit that really helps in that regard because I've worked with not directly a CMS but you know where people could put in content and it was always like you know you had a jQuery thing in the background that would wait and listen for the page loaded event right dumb content loaded I think it was and then it would look for all these tags or a class or however you wanted to attach it right and say oh okay so you know the editor put in this so I need to initialize this but at that point we didn't load it lazily or or you know, module loading or whatever, it was still there in that huge bundle up front, but that was sort of the painful way of doing it back then. So I think web components um, for the CMS so, uh, issue here is actually a very good solution due to the way they uh, bootstrap themselves, I think is the correct term here. Cool. Do you have, uh, do you guys have anything else we need to to talk about before wrapping up? I think I got everything I wanted to talk about for this yeah, one. Yeah, I think we've We've been around the around the topic quite well, I think. Nice, great. Uh, I've been happy about talking about the performance and uh, code splitting because that's so awesome, and we we named our podcast this topic, so it's really great. So uh, thank you guys, and uh, oh, by the way, we'll uh, put in some uh, links related to the today's topic in the show notes so please go and check that out if you want to dig deep thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Codeflitters podcast if you like this episode please share it with your friends or add a review in your favorite podcast player you can also find us on twitter at Codeflitters or on our website CodeSplittersPodcast.com. until next time Take care.